We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is to hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More Of. I'm very excited. I have a new friend via Instagram. His name is Brian. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jack. Excited to be here. Oh, excited to have you. So we're going to dive right in with the question of the show. What do you believe the world needs more of? Now, I think that's such a fantastic question. There's, there's a lot, I would say, especially in today's day and age. Uh, with all of the craziness that is coming over the news from the White House and the various forms of media. Um, but after being through what I've gone through with my wife over the past 18 months and living the life that I grew up with, um, what, I've, what I've really learned in, in, in reflection uh, it, uh, has worked amazingly for me and something that's, that's made me very happy, very fulfilled, and excited about every moment and every day is exactly that, and it's living in the moment. Mm. It's, it's having the concept of a five-year plan, but not focusing so hard on it that the, f- the fifth year is, is what you're always aspiring to. And it's, 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 it's focusing in on that exact day and that moment and what you're going through and then appreciating it for what it is. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that. And how, how do you guys practice that each day right now? Yeah. So if it, it might help if I say how I learned it before I tell you how I, how I learned it before I practice it. Yeah. Um, so my wife, Kayla Haber, also known as, as Fight to Breathe. She's just this absolutely amazing fighter and, and incredibly inspiring one. She was born with cystic fibrosis, which is a genetic disease. Um, she lived a very healthy life uh, where she was an all-star athlete and really good at just about everything she did until she got sick around 20, 21. And um, since then, she lived for 19 months straight on the transplant waiting list for her first double lung transplant. Dan was doing really well and made a quick trip to Hawaii where she ended up getting super sick and life flighted and put in a coma for a few months. Then she met me, and then we had six months of health and amazingness where we fell in love with one another. And then she fell chronically ill and um, was then said she either needs to go on hospice or get another transplant. And her center at the time said, we won't do it. Um, so we lived for 12 months where she was rather quickly going from the healthy, independent woman that I had met to someone that was fully dependent on those around her to live day to day. Um, so while in the time I had uh, uh, been, been married to her, um, we had, I had went from being so focused on like, I was going to business school in three years. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get this promotion at this date. I'm going to, um, I'll be making this month this much in uh, in this many years um, to realizing that like, wow, she can't afford to have those sort of thoughts. Um, and I, I, and she showed me what the fragility of life really is. And I've, I've grown to appreciate just like living in every second and saying like this second might 
be the last like second where we're this healthy and this happy and have the opportunity to do this sort of thing. Um, so I've taken that and I've now done that and applied that to my entire life. And um, I got to tell you, man, I'm, I'm much happier. I'm much, much more excited about everything that I'm doing and more fulfilled by everything that I accomplish and everything that I, I do. Wow. Wow. What? <laughs> it, it, it's wild. What an experience. I mean, for it to take you to a place where you realize this may be, and, and it's powerful what you just said, this may be the last second we ever get to be this healthy, this happy, this this whatever. How powerful. How powerful. And so I, I could only assume, but I, I won't, I'll ask. And, and is that something that you guys have to now mentally tell yourselves to focus on each day? Is it just part of your DNA now? How, how is it integrated into your daily life as at this point? No, it's an amazing question. You know, it's, it, it's kind of a little bit of like a, a mental, like, I guess, dilemma because, you know, we, we were thinking that because, you know, she was being told she needs to go on hospice. She needs to get another, uh, or she needs new lungs or else she's going to die. And so, like, every day she was, like, slowly dying. I mean, she lived in the hospital for five months, and it was like, how do we make every moment while well, this hospital state not as terrible as, as, it, as it probably is? And then she got the new lungs, and she's doing amazingly post-transplant. So we're, what, two and a half months now post her second transplant and it's and it's kind of like we're we're no longer like <laughs> we're no longer saying like this is the last second uh, we have you have the opportunity to say like you know in three years maybe we can have kids but um every time we, we have a thought like that we remind ourselves that like things can can switch on the turn of a dime um and we still have to do that and 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 a perfect example is you know two weeks ago so she's what seven or eight weeks out of transplant and two weeks ago um, we decided we're going to go on our first little mini vacation. A friend in Orange County donated their uh, beach house or let us rent their beach house for the for the weekend, and we're we're just sitting by the beach and having an amazing time. And all of a sudden, her heart rate raises, her blood pressure decreases, and like you know, these are these are symptoms that we were told to watch out for. So we decided, you know, we're we're going to be better safe than sorry. We packed up our bags and went straight to the ER at UCLA. And what do you know? She was experiencing the onset of tamponade, which means there was fluid building up around her heart, and it was starting to put too much pressure where blood could not reach her body, and she had to go into heart surgery. Mm-hmm. So, like post transplant, we we're having an amazing time, and um, then all of a sudden she's in she's she's going into heart surgery, um, literally 24 hours after the symptoms had happened. So, wow. so yeah, I would say it's part of our DNA now. But I would say like since like the the miracle of the transplant happened, we have the ability to to potentially look out further on the horizon, but it, it's absolutely part of the DNA where every day we have to, we wake up and we're like, what are we going to do today? That is, that is going to make us happy that we did this today. Wow. How, how beautiful to find that space in that kind of moment. Cause not everyone does. Um, you know, I've, I've met tons of people at different moments of their life around that. And, and some people become very bitter and very frustrated and very hurt and, you know, you can't blame them. It's part of life and, and it's a, a part that may be frustrating to some, but to find the beauty to be able to squeeze the life and love out of those moments with each other is so beautiful. What a distinction to make and, and how awesome it is that you two dive in like that together. That's very cool. Now we've gotten to learn a little bit about your situation and, and what's brought you to this moment. I'd love to know what do you consider to be your wow factor? Like what makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the moments that help shape it? 
sure. So what I would say, so I think throughout my entire life, one of what I would say is like is the thing that I am able to bring to the table or the value that I'm able to add to the world is I'm always trying to learn more. And then I'm always trying to apply that learning to enhance that around me hmm. um, where it became specific and a little bit more focused was in the time when this was October 21st of last year, um, about a week before Kayla and I got married, her previous transplant, her previous CF and transplant center had said to her, um, yeah, you're not, you won't survive another transplant. Um, we're not going to do it. And we've reached out to all the other hospitals and, um, and, and they've all said, no, they won't accept you. So we think you should go on hospice. And we're, we're like, whoa, like that's really, that was, that was a really heavy day. They, they, they actually discharged us from the hospital after saying that because like, they're like, we have nothing more to give you. Um, you guys should uh, consider hospice and then uh, and figure it out. So that was a really heavy moment. And, you know, I, we, we, we took in that experience and we were like, you know, let's, let's go live our best life in Hawaii. That's some that's a place she's always want to live. So I was looking at, I was looking at houses in Hawaii, figuring out how I could take a sabbatical with work or take some time off work and we could go over blessed life there. And then we got home and, and Kayla said to me, she goes, screw that. I've been fighting my entire life and I haven't lost yet. I'm not giving up now. Help me figure this out. Help me figure out how we can live longer, how we can live the life that we have together longer. Hmm. Um, and, and at that moment, I, I, I believe I executed or like her and I, we worked together to execute on what I would say my well factors learning more about everything and then figuring out how to better those around me and what i mean is at that moment i completely stopped being the management consultant that i am professionally and became her assistant if you will um to figure out how we can knock down every single um, door of every hospital in the nation to figure out how to get her uh transplant and that was contacting friends reaching out to my company and our clients to see who they could tap into to, to use their network to get us in. And within three months, we had four hospitals saying, like, we will have you, we're willing to get you in here for an evaluation and uh, potentially put you on our list. And um, then seven months later, we, we, Kayla was able to get a transplant after living in the hospital for, for four or five months. But anyways, I, I would say, like, that, that's where my, my wow factor, I guess, comes into play. Hmm. I love it. What a divine match to meet up with someone in life that you can give so much to and be of such service by using something you've always felt was your greatest strength. That's pretty cool. Here's a crazy question. What's a moment that has made you feel incredibly humble over the years? So I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack, you know, maybe like eight or eight years ago in my life. It's kind of going off the, the subjects we were talking about previously. But, uh, you know, it was one that I, I think was pretty defining for the path that I'm on today. Um, it was my freshman year of college. And this was this was the moment where this was freshman year of college. I, it, it's one, having a lot of fun. I'm no longer living in a house and family and everything like that. But it was also like I need to start building this resume to get that job that I want. So like I was signing up for organizations left and right, and I was doing it all for the resume to, to build the resume. I wasn't doing it for the right for the right reasons. Um, and then I saw this thing; it was called Buckeye Serve, um, and it was this organization that that sent uh, students on alternative spring break trips to go do some sort of service in various parts of the country or internationally. 
and I signed up for this one uh, in Immokalee, Florida, um, to do to live in a homeless shelter for that week and then do service at this place called, I believe it was the Guadalupe Center. And, you know, I, again, I was doing it all for the resume, but there were, and, and there were 10 people on this trip that were all amazing and doing it for the right reasons. And they helped, like, coach me throughout this experience, like, how, like, that's that's not that's not the mindset to, to be doing things, and I and I truly learned it throughout this uh, throughout this journey. Um, but like the the really humbling moment was like, so we were living in this homeless shelter, we were helping them clean the shower stalls of this homeless shelter. I was having the chance to sit at a table and talk with people that are that are living here and kind of understand their journey and how it got them there. And then we'd go to the school where we're in this migrant community where uh, most of these third graders are reading and doing things at the kindergarten level. And there was this um, um, little kid named Jaime Lopez, and he, he really wanted to play, but he hadn't completed his, his his work yet, and he was a few grades behind. And I'm just sitting there talking to him, coaching him as, as, as I would have been coached, which probably wasn't the right approach. I'm just like, hey, man, you got to do this. this. This is what you have to do. This is how you can do it. Um, I'm trying to – and like, he's like, I can't do it. My mom doesn't help me. My dad doesn't help me. I can't do it. Um, and I'm like, but, but you have to, uh, if you don't want to like be in this situation more, you have to. So I start thinking of, of different ways to get into this. It was, it was honestly just, just reading and then writing a sentence. It was, it was transcribing a sentence from a book. He had to read it and then he had to write it down. And I, I covered up every letter in the sentence, except for the first one. I said, what is that? And he's like, he says the first letter and I'm like, okay, perfect. And I cover up all the rest of the letters except for the second one. And I, I, and he says it, and it's perfect. I'm like, awesome. So you can read. It's just piecing it together. He's having trouble with it. So we, I did that for every single letter, and he 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 realized. He's like, holy cow! I just read this whole thing. So then I, I slowly chunked it up a bit more until he got the whole sentence. Then he transcribed it to the paper, and it was it was cool. And I'm like, all right, my job here is done. So I went to the next student, started messing with him, and then I hear some some kids like like making jokes, like Jaime's crying, Jaime's crying, and I'm like, oh my goodness what did I do to make this kid cry? Um, I shouldn't be in the situation. I shouldn't be in a classroom. I, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm just an, this 18 year old kid trying to build my resume. And so I go up to him and I'm like, hi, man, what's going on, buddy? Why are you crying? And he looks up at me and he's got tears streaming down his face. And he goes, I just did that. And I did it. And no one's ever believed in me before, but you did. And mm -hmm. I did this. And it was at that moment where I'm like, holy cow, I've been supported by the best family ever my entire life. I've been built up. I was able to go to college when I was 16 and people supported that decision. And like, like all these things in my, my entire life, I've been supported and I've been, I've had amazing soccer teams, amazing basketball teams, amazing family. I've always been told that I can do things. And this kid here living in the United States, um, uh, just in a different place. Um, and no one's ever told him that he could before. And me just telling him that he could once it like meant the world to him. And I think um, when when you asked uh, what is a humbling moment to me, it was it was right then and there where I realized like, man, I've been given a lot and I've been privileged with a lot. And it's just like taking the going the extra step to like sharing that with others because who knows what their situation is because maybe they haven't. It's true, it's true. Uh, we have a philosophy here in our business. We call it learn it, live it, give it, and it's learn what it takes to experience the results you want, live it fully and apply it in your own life and get the results and then pay it forward. And I, th I think it's a beautiful example of that third step of realizing how much you learned and experienced throughout your life and, and being able to pay it forward in that moment. And like you said, it's powerful. One word, 
you know, could change someone's entire life just because someone took time to believe in them (laughs) and and care enough to put in the time like that to help them figure out how to accomplish what it was they were trying to accomplish. As simple as, you know, reading a, a few sentences in that case. What a beautiful moment. And I could imagine how humbling that is as well to realize how, how different all of us have it around the world and how different those moments unfold for us. And hopefully you're that catalyst for a shift in his life where he'll be able to look back and say, Hey, there was this one guy when I was a little kid who freaking believed in me. <laughs> and that's how yeah. all this happened. And, and hopefully that, that ripple will continue far beyond just that moment. How cool. Uh, what about an absolutely. awe-inspiring moment? An awe-inspiring moment. I'm trying to, to, to figure out a good one. You know, I'm going to come back to, uh, to, to present day, and it was just two months ago. And, um, you know, my wife, Kayla, she's, she's probably going to be bone at me for telling this story, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, an awe-inspiring one was um, right after her transplant. So this is someone who was living in a hospital bed for the 130 days prior to this, where if she wasn't on oxygen, her, her, her saturation was destatting to levels that were harmful for the brain. She needed help going to the bathroom. She needed help, like, doing anything. Like, going for walks took so much energy that you just didn't want to do them. And it was just kind of like being there in, in, in bed and, like, figuring out how to have fun and enjoy the moment without moving, essentially. And then she finally gets this call, and she goes into surgery, and the surgery takes, like, 13 hours. And it's pretty crazy. I mean, like, they cut her in half, right? And then they take out the old lungs, and they put in new ones, and her donors lugging them so I'm in there and um then she's she's on a ton of anesthesia she's on a ton of meds and then she she comes out of this surgery and you know like all the 12 hours or 10 hours or the 12 hours that we're waiting for this thing to happen um like we have no idea what's going to happen we have no idea if they're going to tell us a success we're gonna we have no idea like she's going to come out she's going to be a completely different person if she's going to be on life support because it didn't go well or if she's going to be good and then thankfully she like it was the latter she came out that she was she was on top, but, um, it was, oh man, she, uh, she, she's in the ICU now. She just got extubated. So they pulled the breathing tube out and she's breathing with her new lungs and she's, she's, she's on a ton of pain meds. So she's, she's feeling that, that way. Like, um, she, it's, it's, it's not necessarily pain, but it's a little loopy. Um, but she was, she was still there. Um, and we had this board, um, where she was able to like point to letters and she was able to uh, um, like uh, like write things down if she could write or she could point to phrases. And you know she would she would wake up from from her uh, her anesthesia induced like sleep. She would be a little cognizant and she would say something. And every time she'd wake up, she kind of had a little bit of a different personality. Um, it was really interesting. And, and one of the times she woke up, and um, and this this is a fun one. She woke up and she couldn't figure out like what to say but she had the biggest smile i've ever seen on her face and she's just looking all around at everyone around her like fine she's like i i i i i i and like she's like pointing like like she's trying to figure out put a finger like i i i and then she's because like i can breathe and that was it was super amazing um but this isn't the one that the moment of of, of the in and out of, of sleep i'm talking about that was all inspiring it was the one where 
she wakes up and she can't talk and she she's writing but she's writing each letter on top of the next so we, we keep telling her like you need to spread it out and it was right as one of the doctors that that took on her case came into the room the, the doctor that took on her case he's an amazing human and she wrote down and she's she's less than an hour after being extubated new lungs like very much so pain induced and she writes down on the paper she goes thank you for taking on my case and saving my life when no one else would mm-hmm. and it was just so amazing that someone in the situation that that she was in where you know so like a crazy traumatic surgery like like her life has just been changed with these new lungs and the one thing that she's thinking about when she sees dr ross is Thank you, thank you. It's just, just, just gratefulness uh, and humility, and just thank you for saving my life when no one else would. And um, it was just such a pure and genuine moment that I'll, I'll never, I'll never forget it. Hmm. I can definitely ex- express how that would feel. I mean, it, it tingles my heart just hearing that. Um, what a moment! One, just to have that moment where it's like I can breathe. <laughs> I can imagine that would be an exciting message to read. Um, Her Um, smile was so big. It was eager to hear. I'd never seen her smile that big. And what a Um, special moment to to be able to say thank you via those letters to to a person who was willing to take a risk and believe when, when it seemingly no one else would. Yeah. How special. How special. Now, this one might be a little bit of a different take but what's your greatest fear so my greatest fear is it's it's not taking advantage of of the time that i have Mm. you know i mean time is such a a finite resource it's the most valuable thing and it's and it's not taking advantage of that each and every second that I've been privileged and graced with and, and gifted with and it, to do everything that I want to do and, and need to do and feel like I have to do to, to make the impact that I want on, on this world. Um, that is simply my greatest fear. Hmm. I, I can imagine that this experience has brought that very close to home. And, and keeps it right in front of your face, which is a, a beautiful motivator and, and a piece of inspiration in life. Um, no, ab- absolutely. It's, keep- it's really helped me focus in. I mean, like, like I told you, like the thing that I learned the most was like understanding the fragility of life. And it just exacerbated this fear, but it also activated me to act more to ensure that the fear does not win when the end comes. Hmm. I love that to keep it so close and, and, and really get you to focus on it every day, really get you to feel it every day and keep it alive. Uh, I, I think so often we, we brush up against moments in life and whether it's a family member or a relative or a spouse or a child uh, where we, we just glide by death and for a moment it brings us to life and, and you see someone all of a sudden really living. They're in the moment. They're feeling. They're they're in this state and in this moment that you've described to us. Uh, but then, for some reason, over time, it slowly fades, and they get back into that moment where we start to have expectations and and you know just look at life of oh it's just normal it's just life, and and I I think to have the sensitivity to keep that in the forefront of your your mind in those moments keeps you alive at a different level and and. A, a level of life that very few people really consistently experience. 
um, you know, it, it's, it's something I've always struggled with is why is it that hardship or, or being close to death or the, the loss of life is, drives us so much in this area. Uh, but for some reason, it's very powerful. And that fear to bring, bring forth like that and to bring out, you know, one of the most beautiful sides of who you are. Like I said, just an outside compliment from a, just an observer. It's beautiful to see what it's brought out in you. Uh, because like I said, not everyone chooses that route. Some people get pissed or angry or frustrated or, and you can't blame them. It's just their moment to go through, but it's beautiful to see the amplification of, of good that's, that's come out in your guys's life. It's really beautiful to observe from, from the outside. Now, speaking of the future, I realize living in the moment is something <laughs> you guys are great at, but if I were to go out on a limb and throw it out here. What are you guys most excited or what are you most excited about in your future? Well, there's so much, uh, there's so much, Jerry. Um, I think, um, what, what is, what is most exciting and, and we're starting to be able to get into it. Um, just simply stated is being able to experience and live a life of normalcy. And I understand normal means something different for every person, but like our life is so, overrun by in and out of the hospital for weeks at a time, seven or eight appointments a week when you're out of the hospital, um, having to dose insulin 14, 15 times a day because the blood sugars are out of control on top of the 47 different meds you're taking twice a day, um, and then having to do blood pressure cuffs like three times a day, all, all of those sorts of things, like, like they, they kind of make your life feel like a, a routine. Um, and especially the in and out of the hospital and the nurses coming into the room at all hours, um, not, you never having any sort of alone time, not being able to go on walks, want to walk, that sort of thing, like is, is something that we haven't been able to experience since, you know, um, I don't know, around June last year. Hmm. So I think what we're really excited for now that she's been gifted this, this second lease on life or third lease on life, excuse me, with the second double lung transplant. Now that things are going well. Um, of course, within staying medically safe for her, like being able to just kind of do what we want to do and do it when we want to do it. Um, it's, 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 it's having that sort of freedom to be like normal people is something that we are, are very, very excited for. Hmm. It's amazing. I've, I've <laughs> it, it's a quote and I'm trying to remember the exact quote, but somewhere it was said, I think, you're, and, and it's just a quote, how it reads. It says, the biggest problem you're challenged with is someone else's greatest dream. And I think so often we forget that, um, not realizing what so many are going through in the moment where, you know, someone's complaining that they don't like their outfit or, or they, have, they don't drive a cool enough car. <laughs> and it, you're sitting there thinking, I would trade you any of those problems <laughs> like, well, um, well i mean one thing of course there's, there's a answer. one thing that we did learn in this whole situation is that problems are relative like everybody yeah. believes it's a problem because it seems real to them at the moment yeah. and it's, it's, it's being understanding of course like i would trade the material problem for like, the health problems that we have in any moment but like you know people are dealing like there's a lot of things out there that are happening where people feel like they are emotionally and physically connected to it and it's, it's causing them that stress in the day yeah, it's so true. Uh, you know, I had a brief experience where I was volunteering in a village over in Uganda and I got malaria twice. Uh, yeah. And, and I, 
I was stubborn when it came to modern medicine. I believed I could, I think it was just growing up in Southern California. I believed I could vegetable juice and, and meditate my way out of malaria. Horrible idea. <laughs> I learned. <laughs> um, but you know, in that moment where the doctor had to sit me down and be like, Hey pal, either you're going to take the pills or you got about six days left to live. It's like I scratched my head and, and I was freaking out. And I remember being so worried and being like, oh, my gosh. And I was crying and trying to figure it out. And I took the medicine. I lived for people who are wondering what happened. But I made it. Uh, someone always asks. I'm happy. I'm happy you did. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> uh, but what was interesting, I remember getting on the plane home and sitting next to um, a nurse from Canada who goes and volunteers once a year in the orphanages there. And we were just talking and I told her what had happened. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I feel so bad. And I was like, eh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> I made it. Uh, it wasn't very fun, but I made it. Uh, and, and she's like, you know, she goes, it, it's, it's such a crazy thing around here. Um, she was just telling me her experience in the orphanage where there's little babies there who, who were orphans. Uh, and you know, for $2 medicine, they can't afford, they're dying every day because they don't have the tablets to give to the kids. Uh, and, and two two dollars US, which just, like I remember sitting on that plane having tears in my eyes, just thinking, "Wow, I mean, dang it!" <laughs> like I realized what I was, it was the same. It was just my reflection on that that quote. I remember you know thinking, "Wow, I, I'd gone through so much in the last so many days," and then sitting next to a nurse who's telling me about these kids who couldn't even afford the two bucks to get the freaking tablets, and I remember just. You know, that was one of my humbling moments of just realizing how, how blessed I was to be able to have access to that that in that moment. Um, it, it's amazing. It's amazing how the yeah, world works. Fun. And it's, it's beautiful it's when we have those moments to be able to get access to what we really need to keep ourselves going. What a blessing. Um, what a blessing. But I'm, I'm excited for that, you guys, as well. I, I watch you guys online, and I just recently crossed paths with all that you guys are up to. And it's beautiful, like I said, to see how much love and joy and fun you guys bring into what you guys do every day, even though it's definitely a, a bit of an uphill battle. Uh, but you guys are, are, are making it an enjoyable journey instead of just a fight. Um, it's, it's beautiful to observe. And, and I'm excited to see you guys continue on that transition back to, quote unquote, normalcy. Uh, <laughs> well, what's, what's amazing with the, your the philosophy of is uh, the live it, learn it, pay it forward. We're we're getting it. We've we've lived it. We've learned it. And now that things are going better, is like uh, in addition to that living normalcy, is like it's like just wait for what fight to breathe is going to be coming out within the next couple months. Like Kayla's heads down, focused on on doing like like just like using the community she has had the opportunity to, to build and be a part of, and then like focusing it on other people that are in similar situations. And like just it, it's going to be super amazing. And it's another thing that we're super super excited for. That's awesome. Now. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to throw it in right here before we transition to the nuts and bolts section is the the account is at sign fight to breathe. Yes, sir. And is it T.O. or the number two? The number two. Got it. So it's fight the number two breathe. And is there a website that goes with it as well? Um, it's fight to breathe.org. So fight number two breathe.org. And it's a good website now, but we are launching our ne newest version in about three weeks, and that's going to come with the new apparel launch as well as two big initiatives that she's dropping: a mentorship program and a um, and a featured fighter program. Where they'll they'll find one individual that was in a similar situation, and we're going to focus the community on, on on showing that person love and helping make them happy and in 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 the experience that they're going through. Very cool, very cool. 
Like I said, I don't normally do that right <laughs> yeah. here, but I'm going to throw it in plug. there. Shameless <laughs> plug, because I, 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 I love plug. watching y'all, and I want to make sure you guys are supported and everyone goes and checks it out. Um, but like I said, now we're transitioning to the nuts and bolts part of the show. Uh, this is the tactical, tangible, practical kind of stuff people can immediately take and apply directly to their life day to day. Uh, so the first question we have for you, Brian, is what do you focus the majority of your thoughts and time and life on each day as of right now? Yeah, so fantastic question. And I'm in a unique situation right now because I'm on family leave right now. My company affords me to be on a extended family leave where I don't have to have any worries in the world outside of establishing that foundation with, with my wife, Kayla, um, and making sure that we stay healthy day to day. Um, so what I would say in this amazing period of time that we have, um, we focus on showing each other all of the love that we can show mm-hmm. and then using that to create a day that we will never be upset with anything that we did because that day was filled with everything that we wanted to do for that day, whether it be focusing on building fight to breathe, hitting all the appointments, or maybe just going for, you know, the, the, the 40 minute walks twice a day in our neighborhood. Um, yesterday we saw that the sun was setting and it was, it looked like a beautiful sunset. So we drove past our apartment to a, a specific spot where we were able to catch the sunset. It's just making sure that we are able to take every moment and then be happy with it. And we're, we're very thoughtful with, with how we spend those moments. That's awesome. Here's a question. What do you believe a key to your success in that process has been? Um, every day before we go to bed, I, I look over at Kayla and she looks over at me and she asks me and she's like, were you, were you happy with how the day went? Is there anything you would change with how that day went? And then we talk about those. Uh, we, we, we talk about the, the essence of uh, the positives and, and, and how we can adapt the, the, the others. That's awesome. That's awesome. I like that process. I'm, I'm, it's fun. It's a little added. Refl- it's added reflection as well as just a good like pillow talk conversation. <laughs> I, I think there's something special about that for relationships. The ability to ref- like you said, reflect on what's happened, but have that pillow talk, have that conversation where you guys get to hear more of the expression uh, of someone that you know. Most of us would say, "Well, I'm with my spouse all day. We're around each other all the time. What else could they be thinking?" But to have that reflection and expression of someone, even though you're physically around each other, to dig deep into their thoughts and who they are and how they're feeling. And, and it's such a beautiful way to amplify the relationship. How cool. I, I love that process. Absolutely. So we have one final question, which is what is one actionable tip that can help other people achieve this kind of experience and success in their life? Surround yourself with people that will hold you accountable for what you're aiming to achieve. If this is the goal that you're aiming to achieve, surround yourself with people that, that ensure that, one, you're doing it, and they help you do it. And then they buy into the concept, and they, they do it as well. Um, I have been gifted with an amazing wife. She has an absolutely amazing family. My, my parents are, are amazing as well. And then our friend group is, is unwavering, um, and they, they will call us out. We're not doing what we're supposed to do, and they are always there to to ask us like, "Are we happy? Like, what what can, what, what can they be doing to help us be better? What we can be doing to help them be better?" And it's just being surrounded by that sort of support group. We call it a village. Um, it makes it uh, so much easier to be the people we want to be. 
I love that. Surround yourself with others who hold you accountable to be consistent towards what and who you said you were going to do and be. Exactly. A lot easier to say than to actually do, but once you actually start doing it, it, you fall into a rhythm and it's really healthy. It's really, it makes you, makes you happier and it makes you more productive and efficient. That's awesome. I love it. Great tip. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here. For everyone who's listening, make sure to go to Instagram and follow at sign fight to breathe. Make sure to go to www.fighttobreathe.org and make sure to, to share a little love with these two on their journey. It's, it's amazing. They're sharing so much with the world. They're being so vulnerable and authentic in all that they're sharing. And, and so, Brian, thank you for sharing with us. I really appreciate you, you coming on. Thanks, Jack. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here, and I love everything that you guys are doing with this podcast, and I can't wait to listen to all the other episodes that are out there. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, and thank you for uh, helping make the world better. Of course. We're doing our part, doing our part, just like you guys are. And so for everyone tuning in, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to click subscribe. Make sure to share it with a friend or family member who needs to hear this message, and uh, we look forward to seeing you all next episode. Thank you.